All right. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in church today. Give it up for the Lord. Amen. You know, sometimes the biggest battles we go through are internally. Battles that other people can't really see. Battles that's happening in our own mind. In fact, uh, Joyce Myers has an amazing book called The Battlefield of the Mind. But so many times we often, on the outside, we look confident. We look secure. While on the inside, we're really battling. We're battling with some insecurity. We're struggling with something. We're trying to hang in there and stay strong, and we're giving it a good shot, but we look like we're strong on the outside, but literally the truth is we are very weak at times. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we look happy, but oftentimes we're despairing and so discouraged. We're texting the emojis on our texts where we're sending all the happy faces and all that, and Instagram, we're hashtagging blessed, super life, abundant living. But quite frankly, a lot of us could say life sucks. Sorry for the frankness, but I think that's where we get sometimes. Truthfully, many people feel anxious. They feel weighed, worried. They feel overweighed, overtaxed. This word I liked, I looked up, angst. They feel angst, heavy, insecure, fear, or dread. Man, I feel for you millennials, there are so many decisions. I mean, you're thinking about where am I going to go to college? What am I going to do? What college should I go to? Should I even go to college or not? There's so many choices and choices. I mean, yesterday I tried to take some downtime and, and I wanted to watch a movie and kind of lay low a little bit. Man, you go through Netflix. I'm like looking through there. There's so many choices. You're like looking and looking for an hour. You can't find that right movie because there's so many choices. But yet on a pla an airplane, when, you're, when we flew to uh, uh, Hawaii this last year, I remember looking at Netflix and I was like, I want to see that movie, that movie, that movie, and that movie. Why? Because there's only seven choices. There are so many choices. I feel for millennials. I, f I feel the overweightedness. And it can really be a little scary. I believe that it can be. If you're a little bit scared, it can be a little scary. What do we do when we're battling or we're feeling anxiety. And I've not tried to hide it, but I, I have uh, dealt with and battled with anxiety really pretty, pretty hard way, you might say, in the last four years. So I really do feel like I have some things to say about this. And the backdrop of this is with Paul, and he really had something to say. He was in a Roman prison, chained to a guard, awaiting trial. We're in the book of, of, of Philippians, not knowing what was going to happen to him. That's what's tough is not knowing what's going to happen or how it's going to work out, who would care for him. Uh, he had a right to be anxious if anybody had a right to be anxious. But in this time, he wrote power, life, and truth in some outstanding and strong ways. He wrote this. He said, rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And, and then I'm like this, yeah, rejoice. Because everybody's like, do what? Rejoice in the, yes, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. What? Yes, rejoice, rejoice. I looked up that rejoice. I'm like, what's that? How we do that? How do we rejoice? Get this, you guys. Rejoice in the original biblical meaning. It means to delight in God's grace, to experience God's grace, and to be conscious of and glad for his grace. 
So what that means, grace is unmerited, undeserved, unearned, spiritual favor and spiritual blessing of the Lord. So what he's saying here, and then he said rejoice in. That in in the original means this. It means in the sphere or the realm or the area of God's presence. So the way we're able to rejoice in the way that we're able to delight in God's grace, to experience Him, and to be conscious is when we realize that we're in the sphere of His grace, and the grace is the ability to take us through and do the things that we cannot do. Grace, grace, grace. So the reason we can have joy, rejoice is because we're inside the grace of the Lord. And then he said this. Some of you need to hear this. Let your gentleness be known unto all men. When I looked that up, gentleness, we need to have gentleness to not only all men, but to ourselves. If you look up that gentle in the original Greek, it means this, gentle in the sense, listen to this, this will surprise you, gentle in the sense of relaxing overly strict standards in order to keep the Spirit of God while you're striving to do what He wants you to do. This gentleness needs to relax, relax some of our strictness, some of our strict, we need to relax some deadlines, we need to relax some standards. Our world tells us to push, to strive, to push, to strive, but God says relax deadlines, relax standards, relax expectations, relax strictness, settle in the sphere of my grace, that's more than enough. Empty your mind and relax all the muscles. My wife told me the other day, she said, Brian, just relax and just melt into the chair. And while I did that, I just relaxed. And I like to, when I relax, I breathe in the Holy Spirit. And then I breathe out my anxieties. I breathe in what's upsetting me. And the, or I breathe in the Holy Spirit and I breathe out what's upsetting what's upsetting me I breathe in his spirit and I relax and I say Brian note to self easy boy just relax a little bit relax a little bit relax your strictness on others relax your strictness on yourself some of you may not like that but you're the ones that's battling anxiety God's gentle grace and presence surrounding you is the ultimate cure for life's challenges. I want to encourage this church, relax. And then the next part says this, for the Lord is at hand. I want you to say that, for the Lord is at hand. How many remember last week? Everybody raise your hand up as high as you can. How many remember last week? Raise your hand. When it says the Lord is at hand, this is what it means. Raise your hand up as high as you can. And what it means in the original, that as high as you lift up your hand, is the furthest that God will ever be away from you. Relax. The Lord is at hand. And then I challenged you last week to put your hand, where does your hand usually go? On your side. Because the Lord is with you. Joseph was a productive and a professional and an abundant and a successful man. Why? Because the Lord was with him. So, relax. The Lord is at hand. Then he goes on to say, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, every situation, no matter what you're facing, job, economy, marriage, kids, 
First day of school, change in occupation, relationship. What's my future? How am I going to pay for this extra computer that they need at school that costs more than the car that I need to drive? How many know what I'm talking about? The way we do that is by prayer, by prayer. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, I love this, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. What is anxiety? What is anxiety? The answer to me is very, very complicated. There's no easy answer. It can be physiological. It can be emotional. It can be situational. And I would argue, I would argue that it is always spiritual. Because it's so complicated, I believe that we need to always take, listen, a holistic approach when it comes to anxiety. I believe it's not a one thing, do this, and your anxiety will be gone. I think that we need to take a holistic approach to anxiety. We will always pray, but we may seek professional help. We may go see a doctor. It's okay. You may seek advice on supplements or vitamins or what you're eating, what you're taking in your body on exercise. Under professional care, there may be a need to use some medicines or to seek counseling. But for me, there's a holistic approach that has brought wholeness to me through this. But in our time together today, I want to wholly and completely talk about the spiritual part. Because you probably don't want to come to me for, uh, for counseling and you definitely don't want me to prescribe medicine to you. You just wouldn't want me to do that. But I am going to prescribe something to you that I am certain will help you today. The biblical definition of anxiety is this. Remember this because we're going to come to this at the end of this message. The biblical definition of anxiety is this. To be torn apart. As opposed to the whole, to be drawn in opposite directions, divided into parts, falling to pieces. I want you to remember that. You may write some of that down. Divided, torn apart, falling into pieces. Then I even have recognized, and I didn't read this in books or nothing, but I've recognized there's different kinds of anxiety. There is sustaining, there's the, anxi the anxiety of sustaining in life. There's situational anxiety, where situations happen outside your control, it causes. There's futuristic anxiety. There is sinful anxiety. When, when, when you're not where you need to be with God, there is an anxiousness. There's a sinful anxiety. There's a, uh, there's a relational anxiety. There's different types of anxiety. So again, what is anxiety? How many of you ever had the light come on in your car? The lights come on in your car. Some of it says check engine, some of them's green, some of them uh, yellow, some of them are red. But the light coming on is not the problem. The light coming on is the signal that you have a problem somewhere else. So this signal indicates that if you're smart, you won't keep driving that car when that light comes on, but you'll take it to the manufacturer, you'll take it to the creator, because they know how to fix it, and they know what to do to help that car be what it's supposed to be. So, in living for the Lord, and when it comes to uh, anxiety, the light, the emotion that comes up, the light 
the anxiety, the anxiousness is not the problem. Even with people that take medicines, to me medicines, um, most people don't need that. But I know that some people need that to help them get over the hump. But I think you've got like an 11-month time to where you need to maybe... That, that, that has to be done to get through it. But to me, you've got an 11-month time to where you're sticking your finger on what, where the anxiety's coming from. And you're asking the Lord to help you work through that thing. So the light is simply indicating you should take it to someone who knows how to address that situation. What is anxiety? Anxiety is a signal alerting you that it's time to do two things I think Scripture bears out here. Number one... Number one is when this signal goes off and the warning goes out, it's wise to go to the manufactured creator. Number one is we need to learn to pray about it. Do what? That's all you're going to say today? Pray about it. Pray about it. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If it's on your mind, then it's definitely on God's heart. I want to say that again. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If it's on your mind, it is on God's heart. Don't worry about anything, he said. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then that thanksgiving is thanking him for the answer. If you're worried about a doctor appointment, a job interview, employment, or decision you got to make, everybody say, pray about it. Come on, pray about it. If you're worried about going back to school, what classes do I take? Who am I going to be with? Am I going to be liked? Who's my teacher? What should I do? Am I even supposed to do it? Pray about it. If you're worried because you're sending, Caitlin sent little Ames to preschool this year. And if you're worried on sending your kids to preschool, I remember when I sent Jordan to school, I sat in the parking lot because that boy was so shy that I sat in the parking lot and he was sitting in the playground with his head down all by himself. And I was about 200 yards away crying because my son was alone. And I didn't pray about it, but I went in and gave some kids some money to go talk to. (laughs) Hey, see that boy over there? You want a buck? Go tell him he's your best friend. If you're worried about it, if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. I want that to be in your heart. If it's in your mind, it's on God's heart. That's all good and everything, but what if I don't know how to pray? What if I don't know how to pray? You know, um, some people are like, what are the prayer rules here? How do I address address God? Do I address him as supreme creator, omnipotent God? Do I call him daddy? How do I even approach him? Do I have to pray in King James Version? Hearken unto the voice of your humbly servant. As I come to you with this request, do I have to pray King James to him? You know, a lot of people wonder that. Uh, No. Um, I believe that a relational God doesn't want you to come to him in a formal way. He wants you to come to him in your way. And then you might ask, well, how do I sign off? Do I sign off in Jesus' name? Do I sign off in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? How do I sign off? I mean, we got all these questions. How do I sign off? How do I pray? Have you ever been, and then this one gets me, have you ever been around a prayer ninja? How many has been around a prayer ninja? 
And they're like, most beautiful heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you that the word of God says in Isaiah 54 that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And any tongue that rises up against you, the Lord will condemn. Oh God, many are they increased that trouble me. Many there be which say most so there is no help from him. But thou, O oh Lord, man, you are a shield. Psalm chapter 3. And you're like, I got to do that. I got to do that. Yeah. That's why I gave you that. That's why I held up that prayer book. That's how you learn to do that. That, whole, that prayer book is every scripture you can think. It's all scripture. It's nice to say scripture. But man, you get these prayer ninjas. <laughs> Catherine, <laughs> you're a prayer ninja. Yeah! <laughs> Devil! I decree I'm coming after you. Uh, but anyway, um, sorry. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Um, you get these prayer ninjas. I remember when I was trying to learn how to prayer, pray. We had a prayer meeting one night. I crawled on my belly from the back all the way to the front and just listened to them. And so, you know, I was thinking about that. You know, I have, when it comes to how do I pray, let your needs be known to God. Tell God what you need. You talk to God in your own way. You all know I have four kids, and I think there's a picture that we're going to put up today of my four kids. But May, or Caitlin, she's the one holding the baby, the guy that's leading worship. That's her husband, Braden. Uh, May, when it comes to expressing herself to me, you know, I have four kids, but all my kids approach me in a different way. They have their own creative and different way how they come to me and let their needs be known. May is very expressive. Uh, the average text is about, about that long. When we talk to her on the phone, it usually is about 41 minutes. With lots of detail and lots of, that's how she approaches. Jordan waits till it's 9.30. Jordan is all the way over here. He lives in L.A. He waits till it's 9.30, speaking of L.A., two hours earlier. So it's like 7.30 to him. Uh, he calls it 9.30 in L.A., two-hour time difference. Uh, he likes to just talk while he's walking and getting things off his chest. But he always calls it bedtime and you know that's not a real ideal time to be calling if you know what I'm talking about because we're getting ready to have a great intense prayer time so he calls right at that time and then we have Luke Luke you guys know Luke he is the guy over there here's what Luke's like Luke has it written out all the data, all the quotes, the graphs, the research, talks and looks at every different way. Approaching it to figure it out. Three moves ahead, already knows his defense and his offense. When he comes in the room, basically he's already won. Why do you even listen? You just, yeah. Okay? And then we got Mo, is my baby. The one in the middle. She's my baby. Logan. Logan. Uh, hers are basically by text, very short and to the point. When she lived at home, it was... Mo, how you doing? <clears throat> uh, uh, you having a good day? <clears throat> so all these so I had to learn to interpret groans. But I knew if it was a bad groan, it was time to take her out for dinner and a drive. But the point is they all have creative ways that they talk to us, and it's different. 
but it's the way they do it. So when you picture how do you need to come to God, come to God as you. Come to God. If all you can do is groan. Jesus even groaned in prayer. Jesus even groaned and grunted. If all you can do is groan. If you come to God and your fists are clenched, God, why is this happening? I don't understand. He can handle that. If you, if you need to get all the, however you come to the Lord, it's okay. So what is anxiety? Anxiety is a signal, a warning light alerting you. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. Number two, number two, number two is what is anxiety? One of two things is the second thing to me, it's what are you thinking about? So when that alert goes off and that warning light goes off, remember it's not the light, it's the problem. That's indicating you have a problem somewhere else and you got to get your finger on it. I've learned to say when I have anxiety, if I'm angry, if I'm depressed, if I'm discouraged, if I'm afraid, if I'm what? I stop. I wish I could do it sooner. I stop and I simply say, what are you thinking about, Brian? What are you thinking about? What's the cause of this? And that's why the Bible says, now, my dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. This is Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Fix your thoughts. It's one thing to set your thoughts, and it's another thing to keep them set. But fix your thoughts on what is true. Most of the time, it's a lie. What is honorable. If you're dealing with sinful anxiety, you look at, is it, are, you, is, are you right with God? Are you pure? Is it honorable? Lovely, if you're upset or angry, are your thoughts lovely? Are your thoughts admirable? Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And here's the deal, guys. You can't just knock this out in one day. I've been working on this for four years. But keep putting these things into practice. I, I wouldn't trade what I've gone through the last four years because it makes me understand. And I don't believe God ever wastes a hurt or an affliction. I can understand that and I can say, hey, if you are anxious, do these things. Keep putting this in practice, what I'm teaching you today. Everything you've heard, then the God of peace will be with you. But on this, write these things down. Here's just a few action steps. One is fix your thought, create a new pathway of thinking. And guys, you've heard me say it, I want to say it again, is imagine your mind as a jungle and taking a machete. You're taking a machete, which I believe is the word of God, the sword. You're taking a machete, and the first time you go through and make a path, you can't, you're not going to clear the whole thing out. You're, not gonna, you're just kind of making it where you can get from point A to point B. You're just trying to make it. You're just trying to survive. You haven't learned to thrive yet. Then that anxiousness will come, and you'll say, what are you thinking about? And then again, you take the word, and you clear a little bit more. And it's a practice. That's why Paul said, continue to practice what I'm telling you today. It's not instant. Continue to practice this stuff. Continue to practice. But what happens is I've been practicing so long, and you can ask my wife, I've been practicing so long that the pathways are getting clear. And the mind is wired to where it always will take the pathway of least resistance. 
So if your mind's used to taking the negative, critical, uh, all hell's breaking loose, I'm going to die and nothing's good, it's going to go there every time. You've got to create a new pathway. And it's something you've got to practice, and it's something that, that so, so that's one thing. The other thing is you have to learn to reframe your thoughts. My wife will say, she'll say, why are you anxious? And I'll say, man, I, got, I don't know how I'm going to get, I'm overweight. I, I don't know how I'm going to get everything, everything that, I, mean, I can't even say it. I don't know how I'm going to get it. Relax. What are you thinking about? Write down everything that you think you got to do. And you'll see it's not so bad. But guys, the key to this whole message is where we started. It's living in that sphere of grace, of God's ability, of his supernatural help. Remember that anxiety is not the cause. It's just the alert or the signal that you need to pray about it and you need to fix your thoughts. And the other thing is don't own every thought. I used to think, my gosh, this junk that's coming. Chad, I was like, am I really that bad of a person to think that? Where'd that thought come from? I used to own every thought. Guys, don't own every thought. Kenneth Hagin used to say, you can't stop birds from flying in the air, but you can stop them from building a nest on your head. They're not your thoughts. Just say, that's not my thoughts. You know, I told you to carry uh, cards in your pocket of scriptures. I carry that on my training. I carry what's true. That's a lie. Guys, the devil is a liar. Fear is false evidence appearing real. He's a liar. He's a liar. It's not even going to happen. You're worrying about futuristic things. It's not even going to happen. What is anxiety? It's a signal alerting you it's time to do two things. One, pray. And two, what am I thinking about? And then fix my thoughts. I would tell you to write this scripture down. Isaiah 26, 3. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are, everybody say it, fixed on you. Fixed on you. So this sermon, I love this. It just came to me last week. The name of this sermon was Two Keys and a Guarantee. I like that. Two keys and a guarantee. The key of prayer, the key of fixing your thoughts. But I'm going to tell you something. I told you I couldn't prescribe medicine, but I got something better. This passage actually comes with an anxiety stress management guarantee from God. It's a guarantee. It's not a guarantee by a doctor, it's guaranteed by God. So if you're going to want to pay attention to this one, if you want to lower stress and anxiety and live life in peace, then you want to listen. Look at it in verse 7, and I'm reading this in the Living Bible. In verse 7 it says this, that we are promised, guaranteed. If, everybody say if. If you do these things, what things? If when the signal light goes off and you take it to God in prayer, if when the signal goes off that you ask your mind, what are you thinking, and fix your thoughts, okay, if, there's an if and then, there's premises for God. Everybody wants to uh, uh, claim the promises of God, but they violate principles. 
People want to claim blessings of God, but they don't give of their, sus- their, their finances to the Lord. There's ifs and thens. If you want the peace of God, then you've got to. Then, if you do these things, you will experience God's peace, which is far wonderful than human mind can understand. The Bible calls this the peace that passes understanding. How do you know when you have this peace? Have I got it? Well, I know, when will I know I've got it? Here's when you know you've got it, is when you're in that situation and there's no logical reason that you should be at peace, but you are. You are. There's a peace that passes understanding. Baby, you're living in that sphere of grace. How do I know when I've got it? When you're in a situation where it's total chaos, total meltdown, total stress, total tension, everything's going the wrong at the same time, and you're at peace. That's the peace that passes all understanding. God promises this peace. Jesus even said in John chapter 14, the peace that I give to you. Everybody say God's peace. It's a gift. The peace that he gives to you is a peace the world didn't give to you and they can't take it away. Hey, how many remember? I, I want you to write this down. I think you'll want this. Worry or anxiety does not take away tomorrow's troubles. It only takes away today's peace. Worry and anxiety it doesn't take away tomorrow's problem. It just takes away your peace. Hey, remember in the beginning of this sermon when we said, The biblical definition of anxiety is to be torn apart, to be opposed at the whole, drawn in opposite direction, divided, torn into pieces. Isn't it interesting that shalom, peace, the word peace, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Isn't it interesting that shalom means to join? I love this, to tie, to put back together, to be whole, to join essential parts back together as a whole. So anxiety's tearing you apart, but the peace of God pulls you back together. And God gives you a peace that passes all understanding. Another word that shalom means, you want to write this down, shalom in the Hebrew also, I love this one, it's the spirit that destroys chaos. Shalom is the spirit of peace that destroys chaos. And so that's why we can say Psalms 93, 3 through 4, the floods have lifted up. Oh, Lord, the floods have lifted up their voice to me. I'm anxious. The floods lift up their waves to me. I feel like I'm going under. But verse 4 says, The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of these waters. He's mightier than the waves of this sea. I like the way, this is a new translation. I've been reading some. It's called the Passion Translation. How many Anybody read the Passion Translation? I'm starting to enjoy that one some. This one says, chaos once challenged you, 
The raging waves of anxiety lifted themselves over and over, high above the ocean's depth, letting out their mighty roar. Yet, at the sound of your voice, they were all stilled by your might. What a majestic God we serve, filled with his power. And then I close with this scripture. I felt the Lord say, say this to people to give them hope. Romans 16, 19, and 20 says this. I want you to be wise in doing what is right. I want you to stay wrong, and I want you to stay innocent of any wrongs the best you can. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you forever and ever. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord God, I speak shalom peace over this congregation today. Lord, I pray that they will experience a peace which passes all understanding. Lord, I pray that we, that, that people that are battling anxiety and stress and, and they suffer the torments of that. Lord, I pray today that, that we will take a holistic approach. And that, God, we will have a, a heart. God, you give us both the desire and the power to do what pleases you. Father, I pray today that when the alerts go off, when the signals go off in our minds and we're anxious, we're afraid, we're, we're, whatever it is, I pray that we will notice that that's a signal for God to say, reach out to me, son. Reach out to me, daughter. Come and talk to me in the way that you do. I love it when you come to me with prayer. And Lord, I pray today that you would make us aware of our thoughts and that we will begin to apply your word and we will machete a new pathway come on right now pull the machetes out pull the machetes of the word and create new pathways and quit settling for those old ways for the lord would say unto you today that i have created a new pathway for you a pathway of holiness a pathway of cleanness a path a pathway that is free from stress and fears it's a highway it's a highway it's a highway that's clear it's a highway that's clear walk ye in my way and in my word says the lord jesus we worship you remember he's just as close as your hand i want to stretch you a little bit today i want you just to lift up your hands today lift up your hands today Lifted up hands are symbolic of surrender and victory. We're surrendering, but yet we're getting victory at the same time. Oh, Peter, or Paul said, I would that every, everywhere in my churches, in the Bible, it says, I wish that everyone would lift up their holy hands without fear and without doubt, praising the Lord God Almighty, we worship you. Amen. We breathe you in, Lord, and we breathe out those things which hurt us and torment us. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to give you an invitation to come to Him today. Jesus Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago. He bore your sickness. He bore your sins. He bore your pain. And he made you at peace with God by sacrificing himself. 
And being a Christian and, and accepting Jesus in your heart is simply saying, I believe that Jesus died and I believe that he rose from the third day and that in believing that I accept Jesus in my heart and I want to live for him from this day forward. Right now, if you are peace impaired, you just don't have it. You don't have that peace with God and you want to know him today. With every head bowed, every head bowed, nobody looking around. Would you lift up your hand today and say, pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me today. I want to receive Jesus in my heart. I'm looking across the congregation. Does anybody want to receive Jesus in your heart today? Just lift up your hand and I'm going to pray with you today. You won't be embarrassed. Amen. Looks like everybody knows the Lord today. Praise the Lord. We're all going to heaven. Amen. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And at that time, the praise music's going to come in. I want to challenge you again to lift up holy hands to the Lord and surrender. We're going to sing one more song. But when you stand today, the prayer team's going to come up. They're here to pray with you on anything and everything. God bless you. On the count of three, let's stand to our feet and let's sing this song of worship to the Lord. And then Braden will give you some instructions.